Our first reading is a reading from Exodus 3, uh, which can be found in page 59 in the Church Bibles. Now Moses was sending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came through Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of the slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, well, good morning. Um, add my welcome to everybody else's. Um, this, part, this part of the service, we normally um, have a look at the Bible, um, one of the passages that's been read, um, and see what we can learn from it. So if you can grab a, a copy of the Bible, there's some at the end of the pew, or if it's easier, if you kind of keep an eye, it's printed in the news sheet. We're going to look at page 59 um, in Exodus. Do you know, I heard a story once of a woman who, um, she caught up with the speaker at the end of the service, and uh, she said, Do you know, I, I really hope you didn't take it personally when my husband walked out during your sermon. Um, and the speaker responded, well, you know, I did find it slightly disconcerting. 
Uh, to which the lady said, look, it's not a reflection in you. You see, my husband has been walking in his sleep ever since he was a child. So I'm hoping you can stick with me this morning and you can uh, stay awake. And uh, we're going to talk for uh, the next 15 minutes or so about, about this passage to see, um, like I said, what it has to say to us. But shall I pray before we begin? Dear God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's so relevant to us today and there's so much we can uh, see in it and apply to our lives. And I pray you'd just uh, help us now um, to have ears to listen to what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know when I was young, there were three, maybe four different ways you could get a message to someone. Um, you could always do it face to face. You could use the phone, that's the landline phone. Um, you could write a letter, or apparently you could send a telegram. Although in the Fulton household, we never really lived long enough to ever see a telegram. So I've never actually seen one, but uh, I'm told obviously they exist. But it was really simple. And, and probably, actually, when you received a letter, that certainly for me was really exciting. You'd take time, you'd sit down, you'd read it, you'd reply to it, you'd respond to it. But today, things are quite different, really. Um, and I, it's kind of so message noisy, I'd call it. Um, we still have, obviously, face-to-face and landline, although I'm not sure the Fultons are very good at listening to their landline messages. Um, you also have letters and mobile, work email, home email, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, WhatsApp. And if, you were, uh, if you've no idea what a cassette tape is, then you probably have even more social media ways to contact your friends. There's just message overload, lots and lots of different uh, things out there. And, and I think often... Um, that in the midst of that, we can lose what God is trying to get through to us. Um, Because God has a message for us. Um, And I guess for both of us, for you and for me, the question is, will it get through in all the noise that's out there? So a little bit of context before we look at the passage. We're Exodus 3. Um, We're doing a series in Exodus, so this is the third one. Um, Pads gave us a great kind of introduction two weeks ago um, about Exodus. It's, it's on the website if you want to catch up this week. Um, and it tells us this story, this great story of freedom, of a nation, the Israelites, who meet their destiny. And so far, we've met the main character, a man called Moses. And we've seen in Exodus 1 and 2 how he was born in quite a difficult time how he escaped death when he was young, and how he grew up to be this prince of Egypt. And last week, Tracy told us, also on the website you want to catch up, about how he had to flee the desert, um, flee to the desert after he had taken the law into his own hands. And so this morning we arrive at Exodus 3 to pick up the story of Moses and the nation of Israel. And we're going to look at three messages for you this morning, try and get through. Firstly, a message for Moses. So what was God's message for Moses? Secondly, a message to the nation of Israel, to a nation. And lastly, a message for you and for me. But first, let's look at the one for Moses. If you look down with me, it picks up in verse 1. We kind of, we pick up where Moses was. And do you know what? I don't know about you, but I kind of feel a bit sorry for Moses, really. Um, So if you kind of imagine his life to date, and Tracy mentioned this a bit last week, do you know, so he, he started um, his life obviously difficult, but then he became a prince of Egypt. 
he lived in the past, he would have had everything in that day that he could have wanted for. So for 40 years, that was his life. And then for the next 40 years, he gets, he ends up in a wilderness. And in that wilderness, he ends up as a shepherd. And in Genesis, it says, um, Genesis 46, that all shepherds are detestable to the Egyptians. So not only has he lost his life of luxury, but he's become the very thing that Egyptians hated to be as he was brought up as an Egyptian. And so for Moses, it must have been tough. He must have thought, do you know what? My life is just destined now to wander off into insignificance. And so then into this situation, he's out doing his shepherd thing, uh, looking after his sheep. And he comes around the mountain and sees a bush that suddenly burst into flames. The famous burning bush, which, as a side, is a little bit ironic, really, because the one thing the bush didn't do was burn. And so really it should be called the flaming bush, but that's not quite so polite. So anyway, so Moses comes around, sees this bush, sees it it burst into flames, and um, he's curious, and he walks over to it. And then from this bush, he hears Moses, Moses. And I I don't know if you can see, if you just follow the story down in verse 4, When Moses hears this, he says, a great kind of three words, he says, here I am. Just simple, no kind of complaints or requests or excuses, just here I am. And then God gives Moses, this 80-year-old man now, this epic message or this commission. In verse 10, it says, you're going down. It says, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh, to bring my people, the Israelites, Israelites, out of Egypt. Okay, seems pretty straightforward, right? But let's understand, just a little reality check as the magnitude of what this 80-year-old man has just been asked to do, okay? And this really struck me this week as I read through it. So Moses is being asked to go, as a shepherd now, to one of the most powerful men in the whole of the world at that time, the Pharaoh. He's going to ask the Pharaoh, can you let over a million people go, please, who is his workforce for kind of building the engine room of his nation. He's then going to take those million people, take them across a desert, and take them to another land, the promised land, to fight the inhabitants and take that for the Israelites. Wow. Okay? You can kind of have a little bit of sympathy with him when when he's got like a few questions just to clarify exactly how that might work. But God, I think, sees like this bigger picture that Moses doesn't at this moment. Because when you think about his life to date, so Moses, he, 40 years as a prince, right? A prince in Egypt, what is he learning? He's learning about leadership, about the Egyptian culture, education, access to Pharaoh, who you probably knew by name, all those things. Then he gets 40 years in the wilderness. And what's he learning there? Patience, you know, practical skills, the ability to care for himself and for his flock, and the ability to look after people and survive in a difficult time. So actually, that's a pretty amazing package for the epic task that God's just asked him to do. And God also has a plan for you and me. And he's a plan that sometimes maybe we look at the task and think, I have no idea how I could do that. But he understands and he's preparing all of us for his purpose. And he's also calling us by name. So maybe it's Mark, Mark, or Sean, Sean, or Susan, Susan, or whoever you are, God is calling you by name. 
And there's a great verse in the Bible in Jeremiah 29. Many of you will know it. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Do you know, God wants us to be curious, to see the message that he has for us, and to be able to say those three words, here I am. And maybe this morning you've come back to church for the first time in a while, and that's great, and it's really nice to, to kind of see you here. And, that, and I don't know dear, what's happened in the intervening time, um, but maybe those have been a bit like for Moses, kind of a bit of a wilderness, or a bit of not quite sure where life is taking And maybe this morning God is calling you by name and he's calling you by name and he's asking you to come back to him. Okay, so that's the message for Moses, firstly. Then secondly, in verse 7, we see a message from God to a nation. This is Israel, his people. And you see, many generations have passed since the Israelites, um, through Joseph and his father Jacob, had gone to Egypt. And those have been tough times, tough times in the end, for slavery for the Israelites. And so the Israelites must have wondered, so where is God in all this? Has he abandoned us? But God hadn't. And in verse 7, we see that he had seen their misery and heard their cry. And then later in verse 9, he had seen their oppression. God was concerned for his people. And as a church, we should have that same concern and compassion when we see you know, difficulty and suffering and pain. And actually, we've got loads of opportunities here at St. Matthew's and a great place in the heart of the community here. And maybe that's, you know, helping in the food banks for ready food or helping with debt relief and supporting inquire and cap. It might be for the vulnerable. We're a home for good church, which means that we want to help those who foster and adopt and we want to help those who have been fostered or adopted. Or it might be a loneliness to engage befriending or just supporting mums in time for you. There's lots of opportunity. Mummy Adams um, always went to her local branch post office in her town because the post office staff there were really friendly. She went there to buy stamps uh, one day just before Christmas. And the lines were really long, but she queued. And as she queued, someone came to her and pointed out, well, you know, there's an automated stamp machine in the lobby. Why don't you just use that and save you the queue? And Mammy replied, I know, but that machine doesn't ask me about my arthritis. Do you know, we want to have that people in a world where there's message overload and everything's more efficient and we're trying to run things faster and better, what people want is, I guess, a concern and a time and compassion. And, and, and it's easy, and I, this is to me, certainly as well, to get distracted or just to kind of have a collective, you know, shrug of our shoulders, thinking it'll get sorted some way. But let's show some concern and take the time to act. And that's what God did in this passage for the Israelites. In verse 8, God then said, I have come down, literally turned up to rescue them. And verse 8, I'm sure, uh, it probably rings a bell for many of you as you think about the Christmas story. Because there was another time in the Bible where God showed up to, in the form of Jesus. In John, in the New Testament, in John chapter 6, it says, For I have come down, same words, 
from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those he has given to me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. In Exodus, God turned up to rescue his people and bring them to his place, the promised land. But actually, when you read the Old Testament, that was just a temporary thing. But in the New Testament, then God's will for all nations to come to him was fulfilled through sending his son Jesus who came down to rescue us for eternity. And that brings me to the last message, the last message we have, which is a message for you and a message for me. You see, God is still calling us by name today, and he cares about us as a plan for us as we've seen. But the message in some ways is like an invitation, so he gives us this invitation, and it's like, you know, it's a free invitation. We didn't have to pay for the ticket. It was just given to us. And we have a choice then as to whether we reply to that invitation or we just let it, let it slip. And I guess the challenge is in the noise of today is to not kind of ignore that and just say, I'll leave it till another time. And maybe you're thinking, well, actually, I'm interested, but I'm not sure. And that's kind of fair enough and, and is reasonable probably. And I think actually at the end of the passage, Um, What Moses did helps, because he had questions, right? And he had two kind of big questions. Who am I and who are you? And let's let's look at the first one, that who am I? When I was um, was, uh, young, around 20 years ago now, Bill Clinton came to Belfast, which was a big deal. Um, It was a really historic visit, and it was planned, and he actually wasn't there very long. But the amount of preparation that went before him arriving, because Northern Ireland wasn't, I guess, the safest place um, at that time. So they flew over a special armoured car, the Beast, I think it's called. He, uh, they, they even like, uh, sealed every manhole cover in Belfast city centre. They closed up all the bins. They had a cavalcade of 30 cars. They had all, I think they had a, like a scouting party, then a pre-pre-party, then a pre-party, which came beforehand. And when these people came to visit like businesses and the different institutions in Northern Ireland, they would say, I'm here, I'm with the president. And that was really powerful because that, that kind of was who they were. They were here with the president of the United States of America. Therefore, they needed to do all these different things. And in a much bigger way, that's like God's answer to Moses. God says, I'll be with you. So it's like for Moses, when he turns up, all he needs to be is to say, I'm with him. And that was enough of an introduction. Because step one in kind of getting our relationship back on track with God is realizing that actually it's not so important who I am because I can't even meet my own standards. But what's important is that I'm with him. And that's the kind of the powerful thing and the powerful answer to the first question. So in the second question, Moses says in verse 13, in essence is, well, who are you? Who am I to say you are? And, and we see in verse 14, God says, I am who I am, which is not a really interesting answer. Do you know, in effect, he's saying, do you know that I have been, I am now, and I will be. I am who I am. He's not, there's no, uh, there's no noun there. He's not saying, you know, I'm, you know, or adjective, I'm strong, or 
I am this or I am that. It's just I am who I am. I'm outside of what man tries to define me as. God is all-powerful. He can and he will deliver, and he is worth putting our trust in him. So who am I? Someone who's messed up, who needs God, who needs to be able to say, I'm with him. And who are you? That question was asked. God, the I am who is in control. And those are two questions that, you know, so Matthews is kind of running. In a couple of weeks, we start Alpha, which is trying to understand a bit about who God is to that question. It's a great place to ask questions and to explore it. Reasonable questions that I'm sure you have. And Freedom in Christ, which we're running on Wednesday nights, is a great chance for us to look at actually who are we, you know, in our, in our identity in God and how does God look at us in that, which is great as well. But once those, two, those things are clear, then like we read in that passage in John, it says, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. So three messages this morning. Let's see if we can um, get them through the noise of notifications. First one, the message to Moses. And we can see that God has a plan for us, that he's calling us by name, and will we make ourselves available and say, here I am. Secondly, the message to the nation. And that's that God has heard and cares. And we should too, as we look at the people around us. And then lastly, and probably and absolutely most important, you know, personally, for you and for me, God, God wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to be able to be his friend and to be able to say, I'm with him.